Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this lovely Sunday. And to my left, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything you missed, all you have to do is subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. And you might be asking yourself, what just is that, Marcus? But uh, if you listen to the show, you know that it's a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. In that game plan, you're going to get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. Go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. Now, let's uh, dive into the show. So, um, wow, the markets um, have been pretty pretty uh, volatile. Um, They've also been kind of uh, scary. Uh, We're really off to a rough start in the market. Um, So many factors have caused the volatility, um, you know, in the markets and it's made it tricky for really even the experts to know what's next. So let's, uh, let's talk about these, uh, Whimsical markets and scary markets in our Money Matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right, all right. So every investor um, has had some issues uh, lately, as of late. Um, and it's become uh, kind of a difficult place for stocks and bonds because there's a lot of volatility. We got um, uh, stock market ups and downs. You have rising interest rates. You have inflation. And then, of course, there's just the economic uncertainty all over the world. We already know what's going on with Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Um, for some reason, we just can't shake you know, this uh, endemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it. I guess it's not a pandemic anymore. It's an endemic, right? Is that what it's did I just make that word up? No, yeah, okay. you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you looked at me kind of crazy, and then I thought in my head, dang, did I just make something up? Anyway, yeah, so, um, and really those who are retired or approaching retirement are now in this weird circumstance of what should you do? And uh, we know it's, a, it's obviously a, a scary time, and markets react to uh, this uncertainty that's out there. And really, traditionally, if investors wanted to reduce risk of being in the stock market, they could easily shift out of stocks and then go right into fixed income or bonds. But with inflation and interest rates increasing, um, it really is not that safe of a place for bonds. Now, you're not going to see the wild volatility that you get in the stock market. But at the same time, bonds uh, and putting your money in cash or CDs is just not paying enough, right? And so, um, you know, the way you would typically handle this stock market volatility by moving to fixed income and bonds is just a little different. Um, And then, of course, we know that investing always comes with certain degrees of uncertainty. But as older investors look ahead, how should you regard risk right now? And what are some of the strategies for trying to recalibrate some of that uh, risk that you're taking? So, um, let's dive into um, really four things that I think retirees or people who are approaching retirement should consider in this market. One is this. One is you need to look at your downside protection. So how do you assess your own personal risk, especially when you are you know, facing these choppy markets? Well, the first thing I think you should do is you need to perform a simple you know, back of the envelope or 
really with these days, break open the Excel spreadsheet, but look at your budget. What are your living expenses? And um, of the living expenses, how much would you have to draw from your investment portfolios, your IRAs, 401ks? Um, really, with, with retirees, when you're retiring, when you initially retire, or when you're, or when you're even pulling money from your retirement accounts, you should keep at least one to two years of your which you're going to need to live on in easy to access cash positions to avoid having to sell some of your long-term positions when the market gets volatile or at inopportune times. Uh, We call this our bucket income strategy. And what it basically means uh, real quick, I don't want to dive into it, but um, it's basically uh, we take uh, your income over the course of your retirement and we divide it into four different buckets and we have the money that you're going to need that first five years, and then we break it out five years after that, and then five years after that. But basically, the money that you're going to need to live off of at that current time, you want that in basically cash or cash-like instruments. Why? One is because so it's there. Two, you don't want it invested. So if the market drops precipitously, like like it has, you're not pulling out of a lower um, a lower uh, tranche, so to speak. And so you know you really have to. Um, you know, make sure that you have that money available. And so that's why you need to look at one is you need to make sure that uh, when you're in these volatile markets, you need to make sure that you have cash to handle your everyday living expenses. And it's important, really, I think most people, what um, most people do in, 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 in these types of situations, it's important to not confuse risk with volatility, because volatility is something that you have to live with. I say it all the time in my workshops. I say it all the time when I'm talking to people across the table that the market's going to do what the market does. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. And how you deal with that will determine your success in retirement. All right. So what else can you do during this, uh, these volatile times? Well, if you haven't taken Social Security yet, you can potentially wait. So what do I mean by that? So delaying Social Security benefits um, – it has become an effective strategy for, for bumpy markets. Um, really, in, in, re- in recent years, uh, the number of people claiming benefits early uh, in their 60s has been declining, with only about 25% of eligible 62-year-olds actually claiming Social Security early. And so, really, the best returning portion of your fixed income portfolio is delaying Social Security. And so, what does that mean to you? Well, when you delay Social Security... Um, you generate an 8% return each year after your full retirement age. So if your full retirement age is um, 66 and you delay Social Security and you take it at 67, you're going to collect 108% of your benefits, right? Um, If you wait till 68, you get 116% of delay. Basically get an 8% bump each year uh, in your expected benefit by waiting. Now it stops at 70. So you're looking at an 8% return. If you go 66, four years, that's 32% increase. If you wait till 70, conversely, if you take it early, you basically are getting 70 cents on the dollar. So if you can hold off, that might be a good strategy down the line too. Um, we all have heard another thing is we all have heard of the 4% rule, right? Um, you, take, you don't take out more than 4% of your investment portfolio and you should be fine. That's something that you might want to consider during this bumpy time. And you need to be flexible with your withdrawal rates. So you have the 4% rule that I just talked about. Um, and I know that T. Rowe Price did a, uh, a study that best basically said, um, actually they went back to the 1970s when, when there was a period of high inflation. And most people were able to recover from those losses as long as they started, as long as they didn't take more than 4% out of their portfolio during that time. And and, uh, the projections were even better if you were able to scale that back um, and take, say, 35 or 3%. And so you have to be flexible, or if you can be flexible with your withdrawal rates, that also helps during a down market. And then the last thing that you might want to uh, take a look at is your debt. You got to examine debt. And so you have, what do we have here? We have a uh, global politics, right? You have market volatility. Unfortunately, people, 
Those things are completely outside of your control. But personal debt is another matter entirely, right? This is an ideal time to reevaluate your debt, what you can control, your personal economy. That is what is important. And so, um, you know, if you're trying to decide between uh, holding more in safe investments or uh, potentially, say, paying down the mortgage um, during this time, you might want to do a little of both. Right. Um, and, and it's like I said earlier, I think one of the biggest challenges uh, that uh, retirees or just investors uh, face is really trying to distinguish or know the difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. And, you know, it's funny because uh, um, a lot of uh, investors, they they conflate the two. And what they do is they do this. So um, the market's moving upwards. Well, not now, but when the market is going up and the market's going gangbusters, people find it tempting to take on more risk than they should because markets are up. And that's exactly what they do. And then when we have a pullback or a possible correction like we may have now, that is when they decide to take that, uh, that risk off the table and start to sell. And you have put yourself in this perpetual cycle of doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do because you're supposed to buy low and sell high. But when you conflate risk tolerance, risk capacity, you tend to do the opposite and you tend to buy high and then you sell low. So you really need to evaluate those four things, which is look at your downside protection if you can wait uh, for Social Security, postpone that uh, maybe a year or so. Um, if you can be flexible with your withdrawal rates, you need to look at that. And then, of course, examine your debt and see if that needs to be paid down. Because I, do, I will tell you this, is that when people are scared or anxious, um, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, the market, and if they have a big debt load or that big nut to crack at each month, Um, They tend to make rash decisions versus someone who has debt paid off, isn't too concerned about having to pull money to pay all those bills. And so if you can manage those four things, it's going to put you in a better situation moving forward. All right. So uh, coming up next, we are going to uh, dive into this a little bit more. And then we're also going to talk about stories and emotional investing. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Oh, wow. These are the uh, Spice Girls. Your favorite band. Yeah. All right. So this song is um, Wannabe. Came out in 1996. Number one in the U.S., number one in the U.K. That's right. Yes, I am singing all the lyrics. This was their first uh, single. Yeah. Over 30 years ago, 96, 2006, 2016. Nope. Yeah. Almost, almost 30, Almost yeah. 30 years. Wow. There you go. Interesting. All right. Well, welcome back to the show, The Marcus Warren Show. Remember, you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net, and you'll get a physical packet of information that will help Rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatened your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk you gots. To protect your hard-earned money from the IRS, once again, go to warrenwealth.net. So, when you're in retirement, what income is taxable? Well, uh, we deal with a lot of retirees. Um, A lot of retirees still have a lot of income coming in. And which means that Uncle Sam will have his grubby hands waiting on some of that income. So let's talk about it. When you're in retirement, what income is taxable? Well, pretty much all of it, right? So um, if you're retired, um, a lot of times you stop having earned income. But sometimes uh, you may continue to semi-retire and you still want to have uh, a part-time job. And you have that earned income. Of course, that's taxable. If you want to have that side hustle, um, that is also taxable. So you want to I don't know, do an Airbnb, something like that. 
heck, maybe you want to still be around people and you want to ride for Lyft and or Uber. Matter of fact, we have a client who uh, over uh, uh, Derby, during Derby, he is going to help uh, one of his friends out and he's going to have one of those uh, those Mercedes Sprinter vans and he'll be transporting people to and from uh, Derby and all the other bourbon events and things of that nature. And so he'll have earned income. Thus, of course, that is taxable. What else is, is taxable when you're retired? Well, 1099 income is taxable. So uh, the 1099, basically whenever you uh, have money in, in a taxable account, um, whether you take that income or not, uh, you have to pay taxes on it. And you get that 1099 uh, from your uh, financial institution at the end of the year and uh, basically says, hey, you made this amount of money and this is what you have to give back to Uncle Sam in the form of taxes. So 1099 income, interest, dividends, things of that nature. Yes, that is, of course, taxable. All right. So when you're in retirement, what else is taxable? Well, Say you may have a little bit of earned income, maybe a little bit of 1099 income, and you're like, you know what, I need some more income. And you know what I have? I have these IRAs, 401ks, a 403b. I have this uh, uh, qualified account or this company retirement plan, and you take distributions from that. Uh, Yes, uh, boys and girls, that is taxable also. Um, As a matter of fact, it is taxable at your full tax rate. And so you have to pay taxes every time you take money out of your company retirement plans. And say you don't plan on doing that for a while, there does come a time when you have to pull that money out. And that is when you're 72. And that is in the form of what is called required minimum distributions. And that's when Uncle Sam says you've, uh, you've held off too long. Can we get a little piece of that action? And you have to pull out at least a minimum amount. Um, what about mailbox money? Hey, Marcus, what is mailbox money? Well, mailbox money is for some it's pensions, right? So if you get a pension while you're in retirement, actually that was redundant because generally when you're getting a pension, you are retired, but when you get a pension, uh, all of that is taxable and that is taxable at your ordinary income rate. So whatever your marginal tax bracket is, that pension is taxable also. Um, what if you have, uh, I talked about Airbnbs, but what if you have a couple of rental properties, um, or a little fourplex or whatever, and you're uh, getting rental income? Yes, my friends, that is also taxable. And so, um, pretty much most income that comes in, regardless of where it's from, for the most part, is taxable uh, when you're retired. And so, what generally happens, or the myth that you're generally told is that, hey, Once you retire, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. And since you're going to be in a lower tax bracket, um, then you can uh, defer your your income um, for for later, defer defer a majority of your income down the line for later. And what generally happens is what most retirees figure out is, number one, they want at least as much income during their retirement as they were when they were working. And if that's the case which is most of the time you're going to find yourself in the same or higher tax brackets. Oh, and by the way, when you're retired, there comes a time when you want to take social security and um, social security, my friends, that can be taxable. So, you know, if you have, uh, if you're earning money, if you're retired and you're earning money from uh, a side hustle or a part-time job, if you're taking money or a distribution from your company retirement plan, if you have a pension, if you have rental income, if you're taking RMDs, if you have 1099 income, all of that income goes into a formula that the IRS uses to determine how much of your Social Security is going to be taxed. And your Social Security is taxable and it can be taxable. Uh, actually, 80, up to 85% of your Social Security can become taxable depending on uh, what income streams you have coming in when you're retired. And so there, even though you're retired, the tax man is always with you. He will never leave you. He's going to be there in lock and step. By the way, you know what? That's the real um, vow that you take when you enter the workforce. That's the true till death do us part 
um, commitment that you have in your life that won't go away, right? That won't move on. Uh, you won't, you can't, you won't grow apart from uncle Sam. You won't, uh, uh, have irreconcilable differences. Um, you can't do that. You won't be betrayed by uncle Sam because he is with you. Now you might be betrayed on, uh, some other levels because he has his hand in your pocket, but, uh, um, that's, he's with you till death. Do you part? All right. So let's do this. So we've, we've talked about tax buckets in the past and, um, you know, the tax buckets are, so all the accounts you have goes into three tax buckets, your taxable bucket, your tax deferred bucket, and then your tax free bucket. And so uh, a quick explanation of these tax buckets are like this. One is your taxable bucket is money where you're taxed now, right? Taxed along the way, whether you take the income or not, uh, the money that you have in your tax deferred bucket, uh, you defer, uh, that money, you get tax deferred growth and in your tax, when you pull that money out, and then you have your tax-free bucket. That's the money that you put in. It grows tax-deferred. And when you pull it out, it's also tax-free. You don't have to pay taxes on it. So, uh, federal, state, and or capital gains are things that would be in the tax-free bucket. Those are things like Roth, uh, certain life insurance, uh, HSAs, uh, 529 plans, things like that. And so, um, unfortunately, most people have accumulated their assets in that tax-deferred bucket because they work for a company. And we've been told to defer, defer, defer our whole working careers. And that's what most people have done, right? They have decided not to pay tax on the seed, but to wait till it blossoms and turns into this big harvest. And then that is when they want to pull that money out. And that is when you are taxed the most. And so uh, we are in a situation where we feel that taxes are going to be a lot higher in the future than they currently are now because of debts and deficits and things of that nature. And um, right now, by the way, we are in the lowest tax rate environment that we've seen in probably our lifetimes. And that does provide some opportunity to uh, do some tax planning now um, that will allow you to save money by potentially moving money from that tax deferred bucket into the tax free bucket. Yes, you still have to pay a tax, but if taxes are on sale and the lowest they've been in your lifetime, then it might make sense to take advantage of the lower tax rate position your money in that tax-free account, and then you don't have to worry if Uncle Sam raises taxes uh, 20, 30, 40% down the line because you've already paid the tax at the lower rate. And so where do you go and who should you talk to if you need to have a plan to reduce your taxes in retirement? Do you talk to your financial uh, advisor? Do you talk to... Uh, Maybe your accountant. Um, it's like this. You don't talk to your financial advisor uh, because uh, most of them, the majority of them, uh, don't even deal with taxes. If you start talking about taxes, they're going to shoo you off to uh, someone else and tell you to go talk to either your guy or they'll claim to have some sort of relationship with uh, a tax person and they really don't talk. But um, that's probably not uh, the route you want to go. Um, and then, of course, uh, you have your accountant and you're probably asking me, hey, Mark is my CPA. You know, they, they, they do my taxes. And you're right. That's exactly what they do. They do your taxes and they probably uh, either have done them and finished them um, or they filed an extension for you. But the bottom line is they are doing your taxes for 2021. That's already happened. Your accountant is accounting for something that's already happened. And so there's no way that you can save taxes after it's already happened. So 2021's already happened. There's no tax savings that you're getting right now. All your accountant is doing, and what most of them do, is they are historians and they account for the past. They just let you know, hey, you owe this, or hey, this is the check you have to write to the government. Uh, do you want to uh, put it on your card, have them direct debit it, or do you want to write a check, right? But you have to have a tax planner. That's one of the things that we do here and here, here in the office where we focus on being forward looking, looking through the windshield versus the rear view mirror, right? And so if you plan for taxes, that is how you can save money on taxes. So Monday, you write your check, tax day is over, it's done. That is when you should start 
the tax planning. The tax plan for 2022 should begin now. Has to begin now. Finding ways that you can protect income, shield income. Of course, all of these are green lights, right? Green lights, meaning that uh, these are things that are in the, in the tax code that permit you to do these things that can help you save money now. But it has to happen within the year. You can't save money for you can't save money on your 2022 taxes in 2023. You have to have a tax planner, and that's one of the things that we do here in the office. That's what sets us apart from. Uh, most of the, the guys out there uh, who are um, who you probably dealt with in the past. Uh, and speaking of that, we are going to uh, get into our tax corner segment um, coming up here uh, right after the break. You are listening to the Marcus Warren Show. So, um, this song is from the soundtrack of Hamilton. And this is, of course, Aaron Burr, sir. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, uh, why are we um, playing this song? Well, Mr. Burr, sir, was born on this day in 1756. The infamous. Infamous. Aaron Burr. By the way, this soundtrack, uh, uh, the Hamilton uh, soundtrack, mm-hmm. um, of course, it, it came out in uh, uh, 2015. Okay. It was the best-selling soundtrack ever. Wow. Eight times platinum. Uh, it was number one on the rap albums chart for a while. Okay, interesting. Um, which, I mean, it, you know, it's it's kind of a hip-hop-ish. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, the yeah. musical Hamilton is the most successful musical of all time. It's just good stuff. Good stuff. Any good stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. By the way, um, uh, I know that uh, you know we've both seen Hamilton and mm-hmm. um, a few times, and it's uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, I would definitely recommend it. I, when it was here in in, in Louisville, I uh, took my kids, yeah. um, and they enjoyed it, and they uh, you know we like to act out and, and perform the songs. Uh, what we did back you know a few years ago when it was really hot, but uh, you know there it is. Anyway, welcome back to the Marcus Warren Show. So. Um, uh, who do you play in those reenactments? Oh, well, pretty much Hamilton? all Hamilton, oh, all of them. Burr, um, oh. you know, Lafayette, okay. um, you know, all of those okay. guys. Um, anyway, so <laughs> George Washington, That's right. you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Oh, so, all right. Yes, all of the I'm, founding I'm, fathers. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty flexible. I'm, a, I'm an actor. Being a thespian, um, okay. you know, I can pretty much do any role, any oh, part. Okay. okay, yeah. I just got to find my motivation, mm. and then I just throw it out there. Thank right. you very much. All right, so... Markets are, are driven by numbers, right? Yeah. You know, earnings, mm-hmm. interest rates, uh, expectations of future, of future growth. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's just a math equation, right? Um, exactly. Or is it? So let's discuss. So, you know, I know that folks um, like code hard numbers because um, they're neat, they're logical, and they're measurable. But there's always, there's always more to the story. I think that there's the story itself and the stories that folks tell themselves about what's happening in the markets and what will happen, what, what, will, what will happen. And often, of course, the story and the numbers, they always seem to contradict each other. Let's dive into this. So, you know, we, um, we, we see these contradictions with really every bubble um, or any kind of period of Irrational exuberance that we've had, you know, when prices detach from the fundamental facts um, in a way that's uh, sometimes puzzling to me, uh, sometimes infuriating, uh, and then sometimes and most times just completely irrational. Um, You know, what's behind this? Um, Of course, it's emotions, uh, stories, and then plain old human psychology, right, with tulips way back in the day, the dot-com bubble, you know, and now we have these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens. That's really a fascinating illustration of, of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, there's no rational, 
at least to me, no fundamental reason why AI generated image files, they should be trading for thousands or millions of dollars. But the story and the hype says different. Um, you know, a lot of these images have, have become central to, you know, this crypto culture, you know, folks, you know, are telling them, telling themselves and telling each other in these chat rooms. I don't know if they're chat rooms anymore, but on social media. I think it's on Discord and yeah, Reddit. Uh, Reddit. And oh, chat rooms. Yeah, there's still chat yeah. rooms. I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, AOL, old school chat yeah. rooms. But AOL I guess not, that's the new Reddit it's just now. The new, so I'm mm-hmm. not too old. There you go. Right. But, you know, they're telling themselves, themselves these stories about, uh, you know, the blockchain or this decentralized revolution that, that's coming. And... Of course, all the astronomical amounts of cash that people are making and changing hands, right? But it reminds me of the dot-com bubble not so long ago when unprofitable internet-based companies, they went public at ridiculous valuations, right? Driven by, by the way, investors' belief in the power of the internet and this deep-seated fear of missing out on this new dot-com or internet revolution. Remember that? Yeah, people yeah, People remember that, or they should remember it. If not, I mean, it's been a while now, and I'm pretty old. But anyway, but then something changed, right? The story changed. The emotions changed. Uh, investor belief in the value of these internet startup companies, all that changed. And does that mean that... All market crazes are destined for disaster. Um, I think that's it's probably impossible to say. But what happened with the dot-com bubble is the bubble burst. And we still have internet companies. We still have uh, tech companies. Uh, it just weeded out all the ones that were based on just stories and emotions. Right. And are we in a bubble now with crypto and NFTs and all that stuff? Who knows? Because bubbles only get labeled when it's in the rearview mirror. It's, we'll never know until it's hindsight. So what do we do with all this information and this hype? You know, how do we use it to make smarter decisions? Um, well, I say we can start by accepting that the numbers don't have all the answers. But then we can also accept that the stories that we tell ourselves and each other, they don't have all the answers to. It's somewhere in the middle. The, the bottom line is the stories aren't either right or they're not wrong. They just simply are. And if we can digest that, take that information in, pause, and not get too emotional, then I think we'll all be, be better off. By the way, have, have you uh, purchased any NFTs or crypto or um, I have you start, have you, do you have your own NFT that you're trying to sell Yes, and make a quick buck? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I actually wouldn't even know where to start. I've uh, purchasing an NFT. I don't know if you go to Coinbase. I don't, I, oh, there's OpenSea. I don't know. I, I've, I, no, the answer okay. to that is no. Not well, yet. well Not good yet. for you. Good for you. But Hey, I think I have really uh, another, in addition to NFTs, crypto, blockchain, Another good example of how a story has um, really catapulted a company um, is Tesla. I must have, I knew you were going to, yes. You I knew that's yes, where I was going. Yeah. 2%, they've had 2% of the total car market share. It, it just recently, it's gone up to 2%, meaning that it's been lower than that in, in the past 10 or so years. Yep. Um, their, uh, let's see, revenue, let's look at Ford. Ford revenue in the last year, $127 billion. That was in 2020 when, by the way, car production stopped. Yeah, um, GM uh, revenue in 2020 was $122 billion. Nice. Tesla, oh, $36 billion. $36 billion in, wow. And that's in, ending in 2021. So that's after uh, the pandemic and yeah. in 2021 when um, it all started coming back. Yep. But if we look at the stock price, Ford at $20 a share, GM $53 a share, Tesla $936 per share right now. Yeah, there's, um, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's that, after a stock split. They did a stock split to reduce the price per share. Yeah, that ties right in to what I'm talking about, stories, stories sell. And there is, you know, a lot of that irrational exuberance that, that tends to... to take over the, the hearts and the minds and the pocketbooks 
of uh, many uh, investors and or speculators out there. And, you know, we'll we'll see what happens because I've when I saw Tesla at 300, I was like, it's overvalued. There's no way. And it's tripled since then. Um, And, you know, when you look at the numbers, um, you know, two percent of the market share, um, you know, a third of the profits that GM and and, and Ford make. Yeah. Um, But I mean, that's that's a, a good case in point of how emotions sell. And a lot of times it's not about the numbers. The answer is always somewhere in the middle, especially um, from a from an investing standpoint, but I always say, you know, don't get caught up in the hype. Speaking of that, um, uh, you know, I really think that you know when when you are uh, trying to you know invest um, and or make money, you have to basically be um, as disciplined as 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 possible. I know that emotions come in, and I talk about it all the time, right? You get your fear. And you got your greed. And then, of course, the fear of missing out um, uh, feeds into the greed, um, especially in upward moving markets. And I said this last week that, you know, the market so far, the market so far um, this year uh, have 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 not been uh, are trending downwards. And when you think about the last 12 years, most people, have, we haven't experienced a, a big overcorrection or a, or a sustained bear market. And a lot of people attribute um, the upward moving markets to, you know, their genius. Um, You know, we have do-it-yourselfers who think that they know exactly how to time the market and they've been making money over the last 12 years and they know what investments to invest in and they're feeling pretty good about themselves and or they're feeling pretty good about their uh, advisors. And I'm an advisor who will say that, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't have any control over what the market does. No one does. The market trades on news. News is unpredictable. Thus, the market is unpredictable. So there's no way to try to time it, predict it, do whatever. Now, saying all that, I'm going to make sure that uh, we find out our clients' risk tolerance. We make sure that they're diversified. And so whatever happens in the market, we expect it um, and we're prepared when we're prepared for it because there's something that's called standard deviation, not going to get in or too technical. But we know that the market is going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. But depending on how you're allocated and the investment you have, you want is always going to trade or there's always going to be a certain variance of when the market is up and when it's down. But the one thing that we can control is those gyrations in the market through diversification um, and asset allocation. And so once we find out a client's risk profile, we can control the, the gyrations of the market and let our clients know, all right, in between any six-month period of time, based on your allocation, you, you can expect to be up 16% and down maybe 9 or 10%. But when those things are going to happen, we don't know, but at least you have a range. And if you're more risk averse, it can be, hey, look, you, you could be up 25%, but you can also be down 20% at any six-month time frame. That's called knowing our clients, knowing the risk tolerances, and making sure that they understand that, hey, the markets aren't going to go up forever. We've been fooled for the last 12 years. Who knows what's going to happen moving forward, but let's just have a plan. Bam, there you go. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into some uh, tax talk with D's Tax Corner. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right. So, uh, we got the new music. This is a uh, Harry, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Uh, the song is "As It Was." Came out this year, 2022. Number one in the U.S. and the U.K., of yeah, course. Okay. Of course. My daughter loves Harry Styles from One Direction all the way to now, and uh, she's just. Uh, Big fan. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, she put me on, uh, um, I bought her tickets, you know, I bought her tickets to 
a few of his concerts, and mm-hmm. so my email address is on there. So, oh, okay. I'm basically in his fan club, so yes. I get all this, the his new album that came mm-hmm. out. I I get emails. I've you know two months in advance, pre sales tour coming up to buy like the vinyl that. tours mm-hmm. coming up and all that stuff. Yeah. And anyway, there you go. Welcome back, welcome back to the uh, Marcus Warren Show. And remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. Go to warrenwealth.net and we will save your retirement or rescue your retirement from all the threats like tax rate risk, inflation risk, um, interest rate risk, all the risks that are prevalent right now. Speaking of that, uh, before we get into the news, um, I just want to talk about the market again real quick. So, um, we already know that the stock market is is uh, in correction territory. And I speak with a lot of investors and retirees, really, who have benefited from the long-running bull market of the last decade, right? Since the bottom of the last big crash in uh, 2009, the market has gone up 345%, and that's an av- average annualized rate of return of 26%. And of course, during the last 12 to 13 years, everyone has been feeling good about themselves. Even that little small blip that we saw uh, in March of 2020, when the market went down 30% in a few days, since even since March of 2020, the market is up 70%. Now, during this bull market run, and when the market was just going gangbusters, all of you do-it-yourselfers thought that you were investment geniuses that you picked all the right funds and stocks and you just had this market thing and the stock picking thing. You just had it figured out. And even retirees with financial advisors, they thought they, that their advisors were investment geniuses. And Marcus, my investment guy that I have, he has done fantastic for me. He has the market figured out. <laughs> and actually I bet a lot of those advisors back then too, that they were patting themselves on the back thinking that they had the, uh, the secret algorithm to investing success. But really what actually happened is that everyone was benefiting from the tide that lifted all the boats. And now that tide, people, it has gone back and it's come back in and we are realizing and seeing that reality has set in, right? Over the last four months, really, because the market's been down pretty much uh, since really since November of last year, it has been on this downward slide and people are starting to be and get nervous. And those with their advisors who have the advisors are thinking, heck, maybe my guy isn't really as smart as I thought he or she was. Now, as a financial advisor, I'll be the first to tell you that I don't know what the market is going to do, but neither do fund managers Neither does anyone on Wall Street, not even Warren Buffett knows what will happen next. You see, over the decades, studies have shown that fund managers and brokers do not consistently beat the market. Everyone benefits when the market is going up, right? You thought you, the do-it-yourselfers, you thought you were super smart and knew what you were doing. Advisors thought they were super smart and knew what they were doing. But then when the market comes back. You know what happens? Everyone tends to lose money too when the market goes down. Now, it's for that reason that what our firm tends to do and what we do is our value proposition is not based on rates of return. Now, don't get me wrong. Investment management is important. We do, you know, try to get the best rate of return for our clients, but it's about financial planning. And what I try to provide clients is a diversified portfolio that matches their risk tolerance. But I'm not going to pretend that I have the algorithm figured out and I can beat the stock market. Instead, we're going to focus on the aspects of financial planning that we can control. Like uh, questions that you have, like how long will your income last in retirement? When to take Social Security? Are there ways to effectively reduce taxes? that you'll have to pay? What kind of legacy will you have to leave to? Will you be able to leave to your heirs? Those are the important aspects that we can control. We can't control what the stock market does. And any attempts to beat or time the market will eventually fail. But we can control other aspects 
of your financial plan that will ensure that you can sleep at night and you'll have a steady retirement. So there you go. You are not that smart and neither was your genius advisor. And you are figuring that out now that this investing thing, the market's going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. And you, my friend, have no control over that. Let's get into some news you can use. Okay, so recently Fidelity um, announced that they are going to allow investors to put Bitcoin in their 401ks. This is the first retirement plan provider to do so. Yes, I know it is. Uh, employees won't be able to start adding cryptos right away. Um, but Wow. During this, you know, I mean. Yeah. They started kind of, this probably about three weeks ago, yeah. three or four weeks mm-hmm. ago, or this year. Prior to How has that worked out? Crypto crash. <laughs> was yes, that? prior right. to the crypto crash. So yes. I bet you people jumped on that thinking that they knew. See, I was just saying. Yes. And I'm sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. you here or no, just yeah. take, take, take your news time. Yeah. The crypto stuff. Yes. Tulips. Yes. Dot com. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen. Oh my gosh. People jump on. They don't even know what they're doing. I, don't. Uh, I know when I have, you know, Grandma Moses, the shoe shine guy, my barbershop guy talking about crypto NFTs. It's probably not a good thing to get into because they're talking about things they don't understand. Yes, I have to talk. We have to talk about the crypto crash. The crypto crash happened in a week. Um, and, and, and one specific cryptocurrency that t- boggles my mind still, it's called Luna. The coin's price fell from $80 on May 6th to pennies yeah. a week later. A week from $80 <laughs> to pennies. It was, yeah, it was about a 100% drop in like eight days. Right. And this isn't, you know, we've seen this happen with like the Dogecoins and the Shiba Inus. Yeah. But not, those weren't Sometimes the size of Luna, yeah. which had a market cap of $40 billion, with a B yeah. dollars. And 90% it, drop. And now it's about 40 cents. Now a market now it's cap about, of about 40 cents. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, there's 18,000. Uh, cryptocurrencies out there, eighteen thousand. Yes. That's ridiculous. Like, yes, it, it's um. Hey, but now you know what you can get put it, it in your four hundred one k. Put it in your four hundred one k. Good luck with lose that. Lose ninety percent. I know Fidelity is probably just trying to jump on, and it's a marketing tactic from Fidelity standpoint because the Department of Justice has warned against using uh, crypto in your four hundred one k's. Uh, plenty of advisors have warned against using crypto cycle, in your retirement the, plan. The, the cycle of, of madness. I, I you know I, I've been um, you know doing this now for over twenty years and. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's so crazy. You see the cycles and you see it happening and you see the fads and what people jump into and you just know most don't come out well. Yeah. There are some that, that do well, but then most just don't win at all. Anyway, it's just that it's just that FOMO it overtakes like all, all other all yes. other rational thinking and all yep. other emotions is that fear of missing out. I want to be part of this. Oh my gosh, look That's at exactly these people over it. here making all this money. Look at the Winklevoss twins who are Bitcoin billionaires. Yep. I want to get in on that. And then, like you said, when your barber and the checkout uh, guy at, at Kroger is saying, yeah. "Hey, you heard about this uh, crypto Luna? I just invested yep. all my savings in it." That's when it's that's when it's time to get out. Yep. And, and 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 the crazy thing is, is that there are people who got Luna and thought they were smart, got it at twenty dollars. Yes. Saw it go to eighty. What well, number one? Saw it go to forty. Yes. Didn't didn't Doubled. get out. Just thinking. Hundred percent. FOMO. Just mm-hmm. like you said. Saw it jump up again to yeah. sixty. Yeah. Saw it go to eighty and just thought, oh man, this is it. This is it. It's my ticket. And then even when it started to probably pull back, even I know it did it in a week. You didn't but, have a chance. But by day one, when you see something go from eighty to sixty or eighty yes. to forty yes. in say four hours, yeah, it's probably time it's to jump. Time out. to jump out. Anyway, yes. <laughs> we spent a lot of time on that. We did. Uh, actually, you know what? Let, let, let's end this. Uh, let's end the news you can use uh, segment because I do want to end on a light note. You know, it's been a rough, uh, rough time for a lot of. Uh, you know, investors, um, you know, this last couple of weeks or so. But uh, you know what people really want? They want some lightheartedness. They want uh, what they haven't had. Wow. And how long? We're, we, we, we took a hiatus for a while. We did. Now we're back and we're back to give you what you want. And that is that news you can't use. Well, we all know 
the price for basic necessities has shot up in the last year, but one company has said they are not raising their prices. Yes, Arizona Tea founder um, said that the company is not going to be passing the higher costs along to its customers. They're going to keep the price of the Arizona Tea at 99 cents. And they've announced a layoffs of 10,000 people. <laughs> Yeah, he said he said they are going to find other ways to cut the cost to Uh-oh. keep their profitability high, right. but they're not passing the cost. That along Arizona tea to bottler who's been bottling those no. tea uh, those tea bottles yes. up. Uh oh, uh oh, the secretary cut. over there. Uh oh, cutting some hours. <laughs> Maybe cutting some executive pay. How about that? How about hey, cut some you know, executive pay? I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, oh, yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. that, that might be a, a good idea. I, I one less private jet. How about that? I tell you what. It's economics one-on-one. Yeah. Either one, when prices increase, they're mm-hmm. going to pass that over to the client, or they're going to have to make cut some cuts. Yeah. The only That's entity that doesn't worry about that or doesn't do that is the United States government. Good old government. We have this debt that is rising, can't pay our bills, and uh, what are we, we going to do? We, we should try to bring more income in, higher taxes, or we should cut a bunch of programs, but they're not going to do that either. We're just going to... Keep spending the credit card and print until we can't anymore. And we shall see how that ends. Thank you, D, for that uh, news you can't use, even though we did put a uh, damper on that, too. But uh, we know what this music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.